The Bad Batch suffer a devastating loss. Mandalore is reclaimed. Ahsoka becomes enlightened and more as the Sky Guys Review 2023 in Star Wars. Hello there. Welcome back to the Sky Guys podcast. We have our year in review special going over the year in Star Wars media and what we did on the podcast as well. I'm your host, Mike Phillips. You're a pecan store in the intro here. Unfortunately, due to some scheduling issues, he cannot be here with us tonight. But with us, as always, here, uh, the uh, Mandalorian leader of this podcast, Nick Friday, is here. Nick, how are you? I'm doing great. Uh, very excited for this. Our year end, a year, we call it a year end review, but like a year end review if you were at work. Yep. And uh, very excited to review the year. Yep. And we did not want to go with just two people here. We did get a good pinch here. here the. We're calling him basically the substitute Sky Guy here. He usually is the number four on the depth chart here behind me, the three of us. Uh, he's the host of the Recovery Room stream on Twitch. Nick D'Alessio is here. Nick, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. I'm always, always excited to be on the show. So thanks for having me. All right. That's all, that's, a good, that's a lot of fun here. And uh, Nick Freida, people want to subscribe to us on the podcast. They can do so. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, Amazon, all usual suspects. Simply search for the Sky Guys, your favorite podcast platform, five episodes there. And we got a lot of fun stuff coming. I mean, maybe we're getting a live action show, but we have a lot of content planned. We do. Um, we have a, a lot of interesting content. Yeah, as you mentioned, there's no live action show, but a lot of interesting content, a lot of fun stuff. If you want to come hear what we have to say about some the holiday specials, stuff like that. We got we got we have a we have um, a documentary on that that we're going to cover soon. We have a couple things similar to that, so a lot of good stuff. Yeah, make sure you subscribe there. And uh, if people want to follow social media, how can they do that as well? You can follow at Sky Guys Podcast. It's on Instagram, Twitter, Threads, and TikTok. And uh, Nick D'Alessio, if people want to check out the YouTube version, Mike Phillips on YouTube, the video version of this podcast is up on all the platforms, all the fun graphics and our props. And I got a new prop for today from the Lego Star Wars Advent Calendar Hmm. came out here. So, uh, Nick, I think you'll recognize this one. Okay. Nick Friday, that Omega? Nick, that's Omega. It's, 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 you know, because of like the green screen, it looks like it's just floating in your hand, like you're using the yeah. force or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Speaking of a green screen, where's yours? Mine? <laughs> it's, yeah. It's, it's over there. I haven't, uh, I haven't set that up yet either. This is literally the first time I've even done anything since moving. So, yeah. So we have Lego Omega now, Nick Friday, when we get to Bad Bad Season 3 next year. That's great. Um, maybe we'll get it sooner. That seems like one of our topics for the news. Yes, we got a great segue there. So let's get to the news. So what we got in the news department here? Um, so a press release from Disney UK shows like the shows for the next year and whatnot. And currently they have the Acolyte and Skeleton Crew releasing in 2024. Nothing else. That would mean no Andor, no animated stuff. But... The Bespin Bulletin says they're hearing Bad Bad Season 3 and Tales of the Jedi Season 2 are on target for next year. So maybe it's possible that the press release was only showing live action stuff. I don't know. Yeah, and uh, Nick D, big development here with this. Obviously, no Andor 2 next year. Yeah, I'm surprised by that because I feel like Andor is the obvious going to get a next season, right? And that's probably the most highly anticipated one. So I'm surprised there's no word of that, but I'm sure like the strikes and everything had something to do with it, pushing it back. Yeah. I believe that they were a few weeks away from finishing filming when the strikes uh, started. So for how long they went, they probably had 
didn't restart production yet. So, yeah, I'm not surprised at all. I, I kind of figured, honestly. So uh, that's that's the first thing here. And then another thing I got here is Disneyland California is getting rid of their Space Mountain, not Orlando, but um, Disneyland California is getting rid of Space Mountain and replacing it with, or not really getting rid of it, they're reskinning it, if you will, turning it into Hyper Space Mountain. As start of the star as part of a Star Wars promotion that'll take place next year at some point. Well, I guess everything at this point is going to be next year, considering yeah. something happened in twenty days. It's next year. Yeah, I think it's what I believe it's from April. I think it's like April till about June next year when they're, do, when they're doing that promotion. Yeah, so they're just they'll just skin it for a few months and then it'll go back to the way it was. I'm assuming it'll be closed for a week before and after, or maybe a month before and after. Who knows? Yeah, that, that's out the news department. That is it. All right, so let's get to the year in review. So what we're going to do here today is we're going to go through all the Star Wars content that came out this year. That's the shows, the video game, Visions, like all that fun stuff, plus some of the other podcasts during the year. And uh, Nick D's got way on stuff he watched. And Pete has also left some commentary in in our rundown here, like what he wanted to add about some of these shows. So we'll also sprinkle that in as well. So Nick Frayo, I think it's going to start chronologically here. So we got to start with the first thing that came out last year, which is hardly almost a year ago at this point that we were covering the Bad Batch. Yep, that's right. It started, I believe, around this time, right? I think it was like January 4th, maybe. Yeah, last day, no, maybe you're first, right. It first did. Yeah, yeah. So, like, Bad Bad Season 2, we got all 16 episodes of it. Uh, Nick, Fred, what'd you think? Just for the show in general, you mean? Yeah, generally. What'd you think of the season we got? I like the season. I, I, it's, honestly, it's not as fresh in my mind as I wish it was, but I, I like the season, and I remember liking it more than Season 1, but there were a lot of bad episodes to say the least and that was okay because i thought that the season itself was just really good and i enjoyed it yeah that's my those are my general thoughts you're gonna get more specific you can i I can answer that too but generally i remember liking it a lot but there were some bad episodes yeah uh nick do you want to share what pete had to say about the season yeah sure so according to pete he feels that bad batch uh was better than season one, but you kind of got what you would expect from the show. So probably uh, seems like it's it's what he it's what you guys thought it was going to be, essentially. Yeah. And for me, like, I agree with Pete's point. I'm just disappointed because Nick, I feel like they had Nick, I thought they had a lot of ground to do more of these characters. We wasted a lot of season doing like stupid shenanigans for Sid. Yes, we talked about that at, at you know a ton at the time. We kept saying, "Oh, Sid, this more Sid, less Sid visions, less of this." But now, I mean, you're right, and uh, it, it it it's a shame because they it it seems like the show has a lot of a good story to tell, a really good story to tell, but it's not a long enough story to tell. So instead of doing that over the course of let's say. Combining it in season one and season two with only the good episodes, the important episodes, you could probably do it in 12 episodes. Yeah. And then what? So that's just how it is nowadays. And we talked about this also where, like, we were saying, well, they have a lot of filler episodes. Do these, you know how network television, if you have a show on ABC, they require you to get a 22-episode season, if you will. Um, Is that the case anymore? Like, while... I mean, I mean, season on one. Disney Plus, we don't know. Did we ever come to a conclusion on that? I don't know because I know that season one and season two were both sixteen episodes. Yes, yeah, so I really wonder. If, like, but like, Disney t- is telling Disney to make these nine episodes. You see what I'm saying? I'm like, Disney's telling Lucas, Lucasfilm that like we have sixteen episodes going on. Maybe. 
Yeah, well, I, I would like to have somebody who has any idea about that and you know, fill us in on the truth, but that's what it seems like. I think you're right, yeah. Yeah, I also think in terms of the storyline here, like, I did like that we got, like, a lot of character growth out of Crosshair, who I feel like had a big arc this season. We also had a lot of, like, tech grew a bit, but, like, some of these characters, like Omega and, like, Wrecker, like, Echo, who was, who was just sort of there, like... There were problems. Like you're not gonna have carry on for like the main people. You are right. You are right. It's it's the kind of show that they think they just they want to keep running, and that's exactly exactly what I just said. They they want to keep running it, but and, and, excuse me, and and because of that, they need to just make it so like the episodes are. Fillers, like like I said, they could finish the whole show probably in one in twenty episodes from start to finish, all of it. But they have to stretch it out. So we're gonna have characters not getting development in seasons and whatnot, just because. Well, there's another season coming; they'll get it then. Yeah, and we did get the big cliffhanger at the end of the season here, where Omega gets captured by the Empire to be part of the cloning experiments they're working on for the Emperor, presumably. And then we get the death of Tech, which is. "Quote unquote death of tech," although like Nick, we're Nick, we're still not sure about that. Yeah, I think we're like a, I'm like a forty percent sure he's gonna come back. Sixty percent dead, maybe even the opposite, maybe fifty fifty. So we'll, we'll see. Yeah, and we get the reveal that there's another, yet another unaltered Django clone in this in this author that uh, in this character, like I forget what the character's name was, but like the the, the assistant for uh, Doctor Hemlock. Was basically yes, 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 yes. I can't remember the name either. That's a shame. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember the name offhand, but it's a big uh, issue, like a big problem with that in terms of that. But I think let's try and uh, look ahead to some other stuff here. I'm going to put the MVP LVP board up here. You know, give me one second. You remember offhand who our top character was? Oh God, I have no idea. Yeah. Oh yeah, this is gonna this is gonna be a fun thing to see. All right, so yeah, this is gonna be definitely fun to see. So I'm having Nick D's having some trouble, some technical issues. We're working on that behind the scenes. So while that's going on here, we're gonna pull up the year interview graphics. Although we do remember who the bottom character was. Uh Sid. Yep. So okay. <laughs> here's the Bad Batch MVP board. I'm gonna go ahead here and uh, pull it up. So. Uh, at the top, Tech was actually MVP, followed by Doctor Hemlock in one episode of Cody. I'm looking at this list, and a lot, of, a lot of these names, like, like who is Romar? He was a guy in the first episode of uh, season two. Remember, like when they were back on uh, Sereno, like salvaging Tuku's like like uh, plunder or whatever. Let me need to watch it again. It's just funny. It's funny when I, I look at this, I don't know who any of these people are. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with that either, but there's a lot of random characters here. I've noticed, look at the list here. Tech's here. Well, you look at it, it's the kind of show that it is. It's 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 one of those cartoons where they're jumping around. Similar to how when we did these for the Clone Wars. There's just, well, we did it with the Clone Wars. Remember, we did it by season, not by episode. So yeah. that way, the list is a little shorter here, but every episode consists of an entirely new cast outside of our main characters, of course. Whereas in Ahsoka and in whatever other shows we're going to talk about here, Mandalorian and what that, it wasn't like that at all. Yeah. I mean, look at after our top three, some of our characters, they snuck in here. Gungi, 
the Wookiee Jedi. Benny the Thief got uh, got two points for actually executing his job correctly in that one episode when he stole the ship. Uh, we had we had uh, what do we call it? Romar May- Romar Mayday. I think it was a clone that was friends with Crosshair for a minute. We got ourselves an MVP point as well for watching an episode. <laughs> All right, so I'm gonna try and uh, figure out here what's going on with Nick. But in the meantime, I'm gonna put up an audio clip here from our Bad Batch coverage. So. I I wanted because I haven't pulled some I pulled some clips throughout the year of stuff we talked about in the season. So let me go ahead to uh, find our bad batch clip here. So you want to take a guess what it was about? Uh, Sid. It was not about Sid actually. So here's a quote from us talking about some of our issues with uh, Bad Batch. They don't really have much story they're telling with these characters as a whole, sort of developing them. Yeah, I agree. I think it also speaks volumes that Crosshair had more character development in five episodes than Omega did in two seasons. Um, and I think that you're right. I mean, like like we just said, it, there's not a lot there. We're spreading ourselves thin. So um, I agree with you, Tech, and I would add Crosshair in there as the two characters with the best development in this season. I didn't even count Crosshair as the main team. He had his own story. He never saw the team this season. Well, yeah, but I, that's why that's why I think it it speaks volumes that Crosshair has more character development, maybe five or six episodes, like I said, than Omega did in two seasons. I mean, it's 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 kind of wild to me. It is here, Nick. What do you think about the team's development as a whole? Because I do feel like this sort of hurt the show as a bit. Because like we said, like all the fun stuff was happening around them. A lot of the best episodes like did not have them in it for most of the, for the most part. That is true. A lot of the best episodes didn't involve them. That's a very good point. Um, but I will say. I, I think Hunter had more of a development than we're giving him credit for. The the whole you know, getting away from Sid thing is kind of huge. Yeah, I think he did have a little bit of development. So, but I do agree with you that Omega and Wrecker did absolutely nothing the entire season, nor did Echo. So, Tech had a, a ton of development. We talked about it, and I think Hunter had a little bit, but that's really about it. And um, it's a great point though that you make that. The good episodes didn't involve them, except for the finale, of course. Yeah, that was a big thing also. I think we kind of hit the nail on the head with the season here because, like, a lot of the fun stuff in Bad Batch happened without the Bad Batch. That's funny because you just started talking and I couldn't tell if it was you from now or you from then <laughs> talking. And I had to watch your mouth to see if it was you. Yeah. But um, it is it is very true. It reminds me of um, Boba Fett, you know? Yeah. The best episode didn't involve him, or at least – the best two. I know technically he was in episode six for a little. Actually, was he? No, he wasn't. He was in there. He was standing in a meeting. He didn't say a word. He didn't say a word. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Fennec said the words, right? Yep. Yeah. Fennec talked in that meeting. <laughs> yeah. So um, reminds me of that a little bit. Yeah. But it's a great point. And it's, uh, it, I guess it shows you that this show, we're not really interested in them. We're just kind of interested in this time period of Star Wars. We're just in the store and the, in the galaxy around there's sort of the vehicle that Dave Floney picked to continue that storyline a little bit. Yeah. All right, so I think that's all we got for Bad Batch here. And uh, next up in our calendar here was The Mandalorian. So we got Season 3, which was highly anticipated. We hadn't gotten Season th- uh, season Mandalorian since late 2020. We got Season 3, and I think certainly a mixed bag, Nick, uh, Mando 3. Yeah, I mean, looking back at it, it wasn't good. Yeah. It wasn't horrible by any means, but it, it wasn't good. It didn't really do it. Didn't do much. Uh, I can see Pete's comment here. More than happy to read it for you too when time comes. But for me, uh, I feel the same way he did. It was just 
it it wasn't horrible. It was a four out of ten. It was a very flat season because like the thing that felt like the problem I had with talking about at this time is like they sort of rushed to sort of solve the Din Grogu thing, put them back together here, and then they had no story left for Din. By the middle, but I think episode two, he's redeemed and he's done. And then he's basically Bo Katan's psychic the rest of the season. Yeah. I, honestly, you know how I know it wasn't that good? Yeah. It wasn't even that long ago. And I don't even remember what the plot was. Yeah. There was I remember, of course, I remember the overarching stuff, but like, I don't remember the specifics of each episode. And like, if you ask me that about Ahsoka, I can tell you the specifics of pretty much each episode. But it's not the case with this show. And I think that was, that, that, that speaks volumes to how the show was just underwhelming and, Boring. Yeah, there were a lot of stupid things happening in season four and season three also. I'm sorry, what did you say? I missed that. There were a lot of stupid things happening in uh Mando three also. Oh yeah, 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 of course. I, I just I remember at the time thinking that we did pretty good with it. Yeah. But there was always that overarching feeling in the back of our minds like the finale is gonna deliver and it's all gonna make sense, and then it it, it wasn't a bad finale, but it, it didn't. Yeah, and I think a couple of the stupid things I remember here. We remember we had uh, Paz Vizsla flying in the mouth of a dragon. That I know we dinged him major points for that. Yeah, yeah, we had. Uh, oh yeah, that was the one where the kid got stolen, right? Yeah, when his son gets stolen, he's like, "I'm gonna save him." He just flies in the mouth of a dragon. Not even thinking. Yep. And then we also had the episode with Jack Black and Lizzo, which was like literally, I think, like the most like ridiculed episode of Star Wars, like outside of Boba Fett. I'm with you. I feel bad for for Vin Gala to recap that episode because that was not a fun one to cover. Yeah, we'll have to get Vin back on in a more forgiving episode. One that's more fun for him. Yeah, and Nick is still sorry he's technical difficulties. You want to add in what Pete had to say about the season? Yeah, Pete said it was underwhelming and it could have been better, but uh, if it didn't have to, if it didn't have to scramble to get Grogu back into the show, which I think we all agree with, and. They, they didn't want to wait. They made us wait how long? Uh, one year, about? It was less. I mean, they did a whole separate show to bring him back. Right, right, right. I just mean how long in, in general. Like, the finale of Mando Season 2 was around Thanksgiving of 2020. And by New Year's 21 slash 22, Grogu was back with Din. Yeah, it was. So they made us wait about 13 months. When in, when in reality, it should have it, it should have been more like 27 months. And the and the ironic thing here too is that like they completely no sold it in the recaps too if you remember correctly it's like they didn't even bother explaining how I got back together if you didn't watch Boba Fett. Yep, yep. I, and look, I think most people did. I don't think it's a surprise. I don't think. Well, I I don't think there's a lot of people out there who watch Mando that didn't watch Boba Fett, but it's certainly possible. And people, you know, and 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 you should make those people aware of what happened. Yeah. And also, it's. I don't know. You, you ever watch like um, a show and like something, there's like a missing plot point or a movie or something. And like, Oh, that's in the comic. You got to read the comic to know that part. It's like, I feel like you're, you're putting a major storyline behind. I don't want to say a paywall, but you're putting it behind something that. And I, again, that's not that something people don't have access to, but you're putting it behind something else. And that's not right. Yeah. Major plot points like that, having them in other pieces of media. Yeah, I would agree with that. So I do think that's that's an interesting angle here, and the, we had a lot. I have an interesting uh, angle here clip from Pete in terms of the Grogu situation. So let me play this one that where Pete talked about how he feels like the franchise made a major mistake 
with uh, the Grogu situation. So let me play that for you. Yeah, and I think ultimately this might be the decision that kills the Mandalorian franchise. Um, even though I'm not like super, super high and I'm positive about this season, if we have seven seasons of Baby Yoda not talking and doing the same crap, it's going to be a worthless show. I mean, I I'll just say it outright. Um, Clone Wars wouldn't have worked if Ahsoka was this little Padawan that couldn't talk and didn't grow and there was no character development. Just like Bo-Katan won't work if there's no character development. Din Djarin doesn't work if there's no character development. So I think that season four is going to be the litmus test. I think this season was the let's get him back on as organically as possible. Um I think the hope, and I, I'm speculating because I don't know this for sure. I don't know if anyone's done interviews with Filoni and Favreau about it. I think the hope was you get him off the show for a couple of years, and then he can pop in after being trained by Luke after two or three seasons, talking as a Jedi, and then you can reincorporate him to the show, and it makes it that much better. They are now in this awkward position of they have to show a baby growing up to a teenager, whatever it's considered, while doing bounty hunter jobs like it just it doesn't seem like it's gonna work that well um it's not really working with bad batch so i can't imagine working with a character that came and talked so personally they did the best they can but ultimately this next season season four is going to make or break the show as a whole how you feel about what uh p had to say there nick Sorry, it took me a long time to hit that mute button. I must have tried four times. <laughs> the, the ghost of Pete. I kept missing. The ghost of Pete. I'm just missing through. it. Yeah. Um, I, I think I kind of agree with Pete. I mean, it, it's harsh, but it's true. I think that the show, actually, thinking about it a little bit more, it pains me to say this. I think season three was the make or break season, and it broke, and I think it's over. Yeah. I mean, we were talking about on the podcast last week, these reporters now that. Pedro Pascal is not going to be on set again. He's just going to voice over work here. Like, I, are we going to, we kind of reset the formula back to season one now where like he and Grogu are going back bounty hunting this time working for the Republic. I mean, like all the carryout we sort of had for him, like we sort of like we did now we're like, what do we do with him? Yeah. Not even that. I mean, you're talking storyline stuff and I agree, but I think that a lot of people just feel the same way that we felt about the season and thought it was underwhelming. To be honest with you, I don't know anyone who thinks this season was better than either of the previous two seasons, especially season two. So I just feel like they're going to lose a lot of people. Let's I'm just making numbers up. Let's say viewers were average of, I don't know, I have no idea what's even good. I don't know, 40 million an episode in season one. And then that jumped up to 50 million in season two. And it went down to like 30 in season three. It's just going to go down more. And we know that. Yeah, we know that. Like, it's not. It's not. A, it's not an option of like, is this going to work or is it not going to work? Like, we are positive this is going to be a bad thing for this show, and it is not. It, and it seems to me like it's more or less over. People I know who are not really into Star Wars, but they do watch some of the shows, like Mandalorian. They're not going to watch the next season of the show. They're not even going to know what's going to come out. Well, I mean, they haven't officially announced the renewal yet in terms of uh, season four, but we do know they are planning to it in. Uh... 2025 yeah yeah i'm sure it'll be back at some point i know they haven't released it, anything official yet but um it's upsetting i don't i think it's it's past its time unfortunately and i might put a damper on what's gonna what the plans are for the future because they plan to make this movie with the interconnected 
interconnected shows with Soka and whatnot and Rangers of the New Republic. No, just not not that obviously, but <laughs> we're talking about that. They, 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 they plan to do this whole interconnected thing, and no one seems to care. Yeah, Nick dropping it there. Hey, we, remember Rangers New Republic? We'll discuss that in a few weeks. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, we will. Yeah, so I do think in terms of uh, the season here, like we want to go our our MVP LEP board here for the season. Why not? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know my Davis in first, Bo. Uh, but as correct, Bo is the MVP of the season. So we'll put some of these up here. So Bo Katan, Mando, and Grogu are our top three. The bottom three are the Praetorian Guard, the New Republic, and the Armorer. Who remember what the Armorer? I'm still I'm still suspicious of. I still like that was a wasted opportunity in my opinion that we didn't get to see her. You know, like be a mole for the uh for the for the uh for right. Gideon. It still might be true, but uh we didn't get to see it and and uh maybe it is true, maybe we'll find out in the future that it's that she was, but we didn't get to see it. Yeah, another fun one some of the fun ones here like have randomly popped up here. You getting Pelly Mount MV L V P point just for existing. <laughs> Mike, here's a crazy theory. Yeah. Is Carson Tava the main character of the Mandoverse? You remember, you remember the uh, like, remember the Netflix Defenders universe? Rosario yeah. Dawson's character there. It's like that's where Carson Tava is the Mandoverse. Yeah, I, I guess you're right with that. Yeah, yeah. And also, I like first Mouse Droid got on the uh, LVP <laughs> board. Do you know who put that in? You did. Oh, so I remember this very well. It was during the finale when. The mouse droids find R5, and the, he runs into one of them. He comes back with more mouse droids instead of going for actual, like, help. I do. Oh, yeah, I remember that. I remember yeah. that. All right, so that's the Mandalorian. I'm still trying to get Nick D back. He's having some technical issues. Still working on this one here. But while this is going on here, do you want to you wanna move forward here to uh, Star Wars Visions? That seems the next thing. Yeah, I'm out. very excited to talk about that. Yeah, so uh, Visions topic here. What do you think about Visions? Visions was I'm trying to count. No, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna make some crazy claims. I'm not even gonna say it. I liked Visions a lot in season two. Season one was not for us. We're not big anime fans, but I know there are tons of people out there who are. And I've told. I'm told that there are a lot of great stories told over in the anime world and whatnot. But we're Star Wars guys, and when an anime is a Star Wars thing, we're gonna watch it. And we watched season one. Like we said, it wasn't for us, but. Season two, I don't know if it's that I just really forced myself to really enjoy it or paid more attention, but almost half the episodes I loved. Loved. Yeah. So I, I, I was really happy with Vision season two. Yeah, I agree with you because I feel like the problem with Visions 1, I feel like that this animation style looked very samey-samey for all of them. They saw all looked like the same creative studios, even though they were different. Having different studios in different countries, I think, sort of really added to the effect of this. Because I do think that, like, that impact made a huge deal for uh, this show. Yeah, I remember a few of them off the top of my head just liking a lot. There was the one with the sisters. There was the one with the, the, I think it was the second episode with the friends and the dark cave and whatnot. I, a lot of these were really, really good episodes. And I'm really happy that, um, that we covered it. I'm really happy it came out. And did they announce the season three? I have not official, but I know they're working on it. Yeah, so I'm I'm really excited to get a season three in there too. That's going to be a lot of fun discussing. when we eventually get to Vision season three? Did it go over that? Uh, what you said? I said I'm really excited to get to Vision season three when we eventually get there. Oh yeah, me too. So uh, 
Nick D, his video is back working. He's still working on the microphone. So, Nick D, are you back? Can you hear us? Can you hear me? Yep, we can hear you. Oh, oh, God. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The yeah, the ghost of Pete just came in and got mad. <laughs> Nick impersonating him and just conked his internet. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. I don't know what happened. Yeah, it's all right. So, we, we're in Visions right now. So, this is where we were talking here. So, I'll give you first a chance. We went, we went to Mando while you were there, while you were on, like uh, trying to fix your tech issues. So... What was your take on Mando season three? Well, I was on my sabbatical. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, okay, so Mando season three. Um, uh, that's kind of how I feel. That reaction right there. <laughs> no, like, it, I, I maybe I don't know if my expectations were too high. I don't think so. I think that it was. It started off feeling good, and then it just kind of. I don't know. Overall, I. It felt. I didn't think it the I didn't get the point of it. I think my biggest issue too. I don't know if you guys had mentioned this was like, I think the worst thing that happened to Mando was how big Grogu got because I feel like I feel like season one was perfect. Season two, the ending was up, uh, Chef's kiss, and then they were like, "Well, we got to bring him back, right?" So let's just do it off screen, and then now it's like, it's just kind of like, why was that all? Why what was the point? I cut. Yeah, what was the point? I almost, I almost would have preferred if like season three was like Din passing the torch to like a Bo-Katan yeah. or something like that. You know, um, it felt rushed. It felt like too many cam- ne- unnecessary cameos. Just a whole lot of things that didn't feel completely necessary in it. And I was a little disappointed with the ending. That's kind of how I felt about it. Yeah, and uh, Nick Freya, back on the man form. If we go back to visions here, like. I felt like it was funny too because like we had all of these uh, Mandalorians there, but we only really knew like four or five of them. It was like the X Men, it was like the Inquisitors in Obi Wan, where you only see like four people, and the rest of and this giant mansion just have all these other like Mandalorians hanging around. Hey, right? What is that like? Um, like like Deadpool whenever he needs the X Men help. Yeah, whenever guys, there's only Negasonic Teenage Warhead and Colossus there, and like I know Deadpool yeah. literally says one. He's like, "Are you are you two the only guys actually live here?" <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. It's like that's my comparison for Kenobi's Inquisitors and I guess now Mandalorians in Mando Three. And uh, Nick D, we are now on Visions here. So, uh, how much of the Visions did you get to see? Um, I saw the first season. I didn't see a ton of. I didn't watch all of the second season. Um, but I I like Visions. I I was a little bit. I wasn't su- super hot on it at first, which. For me, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense considering I, the the media I consume. But um, I need I I do need to get back on season two because I do enjoy it and I, I like I like something different from Star Wars. I think a lot of a lot of Star Wars and the Disney stuff is kind of just like pumping out safe stuff, like similar things. And I I do like Visions being just different, you know? Yeah, I like a pizza. You know, has a pizza here. He said it was definitely better than season one, season two. And something different than we're used to in Star Wars, which I agree with here. And I, I mentioned earlier that while you were solving your tech issues here, that like I think season two, I think the thing that makes it better is that like we had a bunch of worldwide studios do it that make the look for each one very distinct, which helps add to the like the storytelling appeal. The stories we got were, I think, very cool. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. All right, so now we'll get to the favorite one that Nick actually helped cover a lot here. Jedi Survivor here. So this was actually this was a very fun take here. So uh Nick Freyetta, you were not on with us when we did the breakdown of the game, so I'll start here with you. Your take on the video game? No, I wasn't on. I was um, I was recording for the High Rule guys at the time. Yeah. 
which by the way a fun fact i never beat tears of the kingdom <laughs> wow i played for like 180 hours did everything you can possibly do and never beat the boss yeah which is kind of funny but i eventually went back i beat i beat um i beat jedi survivor i enjoyed the game a lot and um i thought it was significantly better than the first game in all of the ways of combat and the ways of the even, I don't even remember if there was a skill tree in the first game, to be completely honest with you. I think there was. There was. It was a more limited I, yeah. skill tree. But everything about the game I enjoyed more in the second one than I did in the first one. I enjoyed the open worldness, if you will. I, I Everything about it, I think, was better. And to be honest, my complaint with the series being the Jedi series, if we'll call it, was there were too many characters. And spoiler alert, at the end of the game, there's not a lot of characters anymore. Yeah. And I loved that. Yeah, people died. Yeah, and I loved that because I'm thinking like, all right, now I'm really only going to worry about these two. That's yeah. about it. Yeah, uh, Nick D, Nick D'Alessio, after like obviously being away from that game for a little while now, like what, like what do you feel about it? Yeah, no, I agree with Nick. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do my best Pete impression. You know, like I, I don't have a whole lot to add here. Nick, you know, kind of, kind of covered it all. Um, no, but uh, I think uh, the first game was. I thought it was great and they did a really good job of expanding on the mechanics of the first game, making it, you know, making it feel better, but also like the story. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, I think, um, the thing that I liked most about it is, uh, we, we, we don't know any of the characters. So like, you know, you don't know if they're going to be safe or not. You know, when you watch, when you watch prequel shows, when you watch things and you see the character, you like, it kind of takes away from it. Cause you know, the outcome of it. But in this one, uh, like, nobody knows what happens to Cal Kestis. Like who knows if the main character is going to die or not, you know? And uh, I like seeing that. And then I, I really enjoyed Cal's struggle with the, the balance of the force. And, and I think the game did a really, really good job of portraying star Wars in a really good way. Yeah. I, before I get to a PSA, Nick, for I also add here, I love the end of the game when Cal gets tempted by the dark side and he embraces it. And then like, mechanic where like the screen just goes red and you go on you know this going like murderous rampage with the force here like i do think that's interesting like wrinkles could carry over the third game is cal struggling to figure out what the balance is between the light side and the dark definitely definitely one of my favorite parts of the game was was the end honestly it took me a while to get into this game because i think the beginning was rather was sluggish and then once you kind of like got to the open world part where you were able to do what you want i was like okay and you really still couldn't do what you want you had to follow the story but I was like, okay, this now makes sense, and I'm now interested in this, and it only got better to me. To me, the game just... It started off, like I said, a little sluggish, but it was still good, and it just kept getting better until it ended. Yeah, and uh, Nick, do you want to add what Pete had to say about the game? Uh, let's see. So Pete, uh, Pete thinks that it was a fantastic game that deserves multiple awards. However... After the story was complete, he didn't feel the need to replay it, so that kind of took away his his replayability of it. Although I think if I if I remember, um, the the whole like open hub area, yeah. I think um, you know a lot. You you go exploring and you find characters, and then you go back to the bar and you meet them, and there's a whole garden thing. I think I, was Pete the one that didn't take advantage of any of that. Like right, I think he kind of just did the story straight line to the yeah. end and. That was kind of it for him. Yeah, I mean, I played for a little bit after I beat the game. Like, I did, like, 
get like once they got the part was just collecting seeds like okay screw it, i'm not gonna do this anymore i'm not co- going to collect every seed on the planet to try and 100 it but like i did think it was interesting like nick Ferry, the storyline did go on like, like this after the end of the game like characters you were meeting in this in the in the kobo like hub world basically like the, a lot of them were sort of like dipping after a while i was like hey i gotta go see you later and then they were gone you didn't see them again yeah, they were, and I think the game did a better job than the first one in the replayability factor, because yeah. there are a lot of things that are optional things you can go back for. Yeah. So there's one thing in particular that I just never found out how to do. There's a little, like, horse stable yeah. next to where you land your ship. Yeah. near the, Next to the bar, and there's one of those crates in there, and I never figured out how to get it. And I kept trying. Every time I got a new ability, I was like, all right, let me see if this is how you do it. Let me see if this is how you do it. And I must have went there 12 times, and I never got it. Yeah, I never figured that crate out either. You know what I'm even, talking about? In the I don't even. I don't even know the crate. So it was like in a horse stable, and it was like right next. To, and I guess not horse, but you know what I mean. But and it was right next to that bar, also near the landing dock uh, on that planet, and I just never found how to get it. Hmm. Well, you know what the and, the. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. And I was just gonna say to Pete's point of multiple awards. It is nominated for two awards at the upcoming Game Awards that take place on the 7th, although by the time you hear this, it'll have already been out. But um, the I know, Tools I know, Award... What's up? I know Karen Monaghan got nominated for Best Performance for one of them. Yep. And the other one is Best Action Adventure Game. It yeah. is listed, although there is no chance it wins that one. No, it's not picking Zelda in that, that game. The, the ones that it's, they, they, there are five games nominated for this award, and four of them are also nominated for Game of the Year. It's like mm-hmm. if this game were to win this and not be nominated for Game of the Year, it makes no sense. Yeah, not make not make any sense. And I have to go to our go to staple here for the game here. Also, actually, one other thing I wanted to get your take on Nick Frietta here. Did you like the Cal Marin romance angle we got here? I didn't mind it. Those are the two characters we got to worry about going forward. As I mentioned, there were just way too many characters, at least for me. I'm like, who's this one now? And then, and then all of a sudden, there's a new guy named Bode. And I'm like, we just too many characters. There's another guy now? And then, finally, everyone just died. Yeah. So, I'm okay with that. The Bode twist was good, though. I'll give them that. It, it was a good twist, but I, I was like, one of those twists were like, throughout the game, I, I'm just wondering. I'm like, is he good or bad? Is he good or bad? Well, I mean, Nick D kind of spoiled us when we, we played the, went to the playthrough. He was like, what do you think about Bode? We're like, oh, something's got to be up with this guy. Yeah. Yeah, he kind of gave you that vibe early on. Like, can we trust this guy? Is this going to be okay? Um, just what, one thing I wanted to add to the replayability of the game. I think games like this where um, I don't know if you guys play a ton of like Soulsborne games like Dark Souls, Bloodborne, you know, all those games. Um, it's the, the Star Wars took the formula of that game where, you know, we, you get from point A to point B, there's checkpoints, and if you die, everybody respawns. The Those games, people will tell you, like the fun really starts once you beat the game in New Game Plus and you crank that difficulty all the way up. So this game becomes a lot more fun where there was a mode where you can basically change all the settings where it's one hit kill for everybody. So like if you get shot, you go down, but one hit with your lightsaber will even take out the bosses. Um, and then you crank the difficulty all the way up and it, it makes it a completely different game. That's where the game's replayability, I think, is at its height. As far as the story, you watch it once and you're like, okay, that was a cool story, but not necessarily need to see it again. Yeah, not necessarily see it again. Our big complaint at the end of the game, Dick D, also is that, like, we spent all this time trying to get to, like, what was the name of the planet at the end of the game that we were, we were trying to search for the whole game? Oh, my God. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, 
I can't remember. I'm having a brain fart. Nick Fred, you remember the game at the end of the at the end of the uh that we're trying to get you the whole time? Oh, I got uh, Oh, Tanor. 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 Yeah, so Tanor. like we got the Tanor, it's just a straight shot to bow. We don't get to look around this planet very much. Mm. Yeah, I mean they're probably saving that for the sequel. I'm sure they are, but like it was so, built up so much you're like, wait, that's it was just one it's just a straight like one a straight path. There's not even like anything really fine there. Yeah. And we do have to talk about one of the most iconic, memeable Star Wars characters ever come out of this video game here. We gotta play a clip here from our recap of the game storyline with me, Pete, and Nick D about uh our good our favorite door technicians. And we're gonna go play, go ahead and put that audio in here now. <laughs> Rick the door technician is by far my favorite video game character to ever be developed. I love Rick the door technician. <laughs> I can't tell you. I want I want like a Funko pop of him. I want him as my background. Rick the door technician is the funniest f-ing thing I've seen in Star Wars ever. Yeah. Ever. <laughs> I don't were, were you I don't know how you guys were at that point. I had no more stims. My health was like non-existent and I see Rick the door technician and and the boss meter fill up and I'm like, "Oh god." I was like, I was like, I gotta just do this. Like, I, I, I'm gonna try to see if I can beat this one shot. And he's like, I'll stop you for the umpire. And then, and then I just stabbed him. And I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> that was it. Okay, cool. the best. He's yeah. uh, the absolute best. Yeah. So set up for people who they not get that far. I think it's Nick. It's at the Imperial base on Kobo, right? I think like base eighty something or. Yeah, that's when you're. Yeah, because you're you're, you're, is that when to... you're going to get the compass from Ravis. Oh no, that's on the yeah. moon. Uh, you're going for, for to meet Dagger for the last time. Right. Right. Okay. You're passing this Imperial base. You go through this whole fight where you fight the three waves of stormtroopers and purge troopers and like, all, and all these shock troopers and like your health gets depleted. You got gets the middle of the base. See Rick the door technician boss. Like, oh great now, like you're he's dead in one slash. So I also, thought the door technician of all the things. <laughs> I thought this dude was gonna be super hard. Like he was gonna be that one boss in the middle that meant nothing to the game that like you couldn't get past right because video games have that. The reason why I felt that way is because. The Jedi Survivor Instagram page put out stats, and they literally one of the stats was how many people Rick the door technician killed. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Who is this guy? Like, is this like, like, is this going to be like a huge boy? And then you stab him one time. It's like, how do these people die to him? Like, what? What? Now I may have it wrong. It may be like how many people killed Rick the door technician. It oh. could be, but when I first saw it, that was my immediate thought. I may have read it wrong at the time. No, it was people that died. At okay, Rick the door so I'm right. So like, who the f- like who? died to this dude <laughs> yeah well we me nick d and pete all love rick and dark nation nick freyetta not as much a fan was he hyped no, was I, he I, um, yeah it was, it was all right i saw it i go oh man is this gonna be a character that joins me in my fight of the empire and then i just killed him i was like oh that was it I thought I, I really thought we were gonna fight, and then towards the end of the fight, he was gonna like stop me and join me and like assist me through the rest of the level and be really funny, <laughs> but he just didn't. Yeah, and I, I remember too, Nick D. That they that the creator said that they designed it was a joke to give you a laugh when you're going through a grueling part of the game, which for that purpose he worked. Yeah, you know when you when you said uh, memeable character that we love. I, I guess I've been too far removed from the game. I didn't. My thought wasn't Rick the door technician. I went. To, I was like, "Oh, we're gonna talk about my boy Turgle. All right, <laughs> the best alien in Star Wars, Turgle." Yeah, Turgle's a hell of a pull there too, Nick Frayetta. He's a. I, I know you like Turgle. I did. I did like Turgle. That's fun. That, that's like that to me. That's a funny character. Yeah. But 
But not every contort technician was a, was a good joke in there thrown in. I just was not expecting. I guess no one was expecting that, but I was expecting a companion, not a boss. Yeah, not not a joke boss. Right, because I was thinking to myself, how could he be so funny if it's only five seconds? Yeah. I, I thought we were going to get a lot of Rick the Door technician throughout the level. Yeah, so. Nope. Nope. <laughs> That's all on Rick. Let's go now to Ahsoka, which is the last uh, piece of Star Wars related media that we covered during the year here. And I'll throw Pete's thoughts out here to start here. Pete still says here, I still think it's the best Star Wars action show, even over Mando and Andor. So people loved Ahsoka. Nick and Nick D and I do think Ahsoka really did a good job, like sort of redeeming some of the franchise's issues of late. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, you give Dave Filoni the keys and you get some good Star Wars content out of it, you know. Um, I so when we were when Ahsoka was live, I was totally on board with Pete. I think that the way that it ended, I don't think it was a bad ending by any means. I think I think Ahsoka is the second best live action Star Wars show we've gotten. Um, I just think that I don't know if it's the best anymore now that I've been removed from everything, looking at the, the year end stuff. Um, but I mean, I think I said this on this show a couple of times, like Ahsoka was exactly what I wanted. I wanted some Star Wars ass Star Wars and we got it. We got, we got holocrons. We got temples. We got force. We got weird statues in the distance. You know, we got all of that mystery stuff. And then you also finally got to, see a lot of good development in Ahsoka and her relationship with Anakin and, and a lot, a lot, a lot of Ahsoka, she doesn't confront anything during that animation. So seeing her do that live. Um, my question is, does Anakin not care about his son? You know, he, he seems very invested in Ahsoka and Obi-Wan. What about his son? You know? Um, but that aside, yeah, no, I, I thought Ahsoka was, if it, it, it was kind of like a proof of concept for Dave Filoni to be like, I can take over. And I mean, you know, the news now with him, basically being the guy now, so. Yeah, I do think, I, I I still have seasons of Man, the earlier Mando, I think, above this a little bit, but this was very, very fun to go through, Nick. Especially, like, Nick Frasley, a Rebels, like, guy, like, this, this sort of picked up that storyline very nicely. It did. It did, and I liked it a lot. I thought it was fantastic. I think the only one better was Andor. Like, how we're all in different boats. It's kind of fun, but... um the only, the only, I, I look, I, there, there's criticism of the show out there. There is a lot of people who have a lot of heavy criticism of Filoni in general and say that it's just jingle keys with him. It's here's a fancy toy that you saw in a cartoon once. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I'm okay with it. I, I think that that's a fair criticism, but at the same time, it's still fun, and I want to see that. So like, they call it fan service for what reason? You're servicing a fan. I'm a fan, so you're servicing me. That's awesome. I really, I never really understood why fan service is hated. I understand that it's cheap. Sometimes people feel like it's just a cheap clap or a cheap laugh. But if you're servicing a fan and I'm a fan, I feel serviced. Yeah, that's for sure here. I did like all the stuff we got here. Plus, I mean, the breakout character of the show here was not even like somebody we knew about. It was a brand new character in Balin Skull. Who, like, Ray, the, late, sure. the late Ray Stevenson played a tremendous role sort of like getting this character and something we really care about. And I don't know if you re- saw the Vanity Fair article that came out after the strikes ended about this show. And like Dave Fulham was discussing how like, Ray Stevenson would be on set with him saying, hey, I, I'm not the villain. And Dave's like, no, you are the villain, but it's great you think you're not the villain because that's exactly what the character thinks. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, Nick D, any, any thoughts on uh, Lord Balin? Uh, I mean, I, I it's a shame we're not going to – I mean, well, we we still potentially can get more. I just, you know, they're really uh, – it's really a difficult situation to move forward with. And uh, 
yeah, I think him his his character intrigued everybody. And you know, I don't I don't think Ahsoka was too fan servicey. You know, I think I think I think like season three of Mando maybe got a little bit too fan servicey because fan fans when you Ahsoka was continuing a story. So it's like it's not fan service if it's picking up where something leaves off, you know. Um, but as far as far as Balin, I, 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 I'm just so curious how they're going to do more of him because I really think he was the standout best part of that. And the way that it ends is just how do you not? How can you not continue that storyline? You know, so they they have a, a an uphill battle with that. But we'll see what happens. Yeah, for sure. I also want to share the MVP board for Ahsoka, which we talked about on the feedback show a few weeks back. So. The reset year, Balin was actually the MVP of Ahsoka, according to us here. Thrawn and Ahsoka were oh, wow. two and three. And then the bottom of three uh, LVP characters were Senator Giano, the parody and biker gang, and the New Republic. But I, I feel like you can combine Senator Giano and the New Republic into being one and it'd be minus eight because it's like, you know what I mean? He's one of them and my mom too. Yeah. I also did think, like, in terms of the funny characters here, I mean, like, this biker gang getting dinged over and over again was hilarious. Yeah, they sucked. Yeah. And then I, I did also, I guess, I forgot about Ensign Rick, who was our For the Empire guy in the second episode of Ahsoka. Got an LEP point. I don't remember him. He was the guy when Ahsoka, when it went to Corellia and Ahsoka and, and Harold were investigating. Oh, site. okay. Yeah, I remember that. And then the Imperial Superstars, the one guy just gets up and starts screaming for the Empire and just like shoots yeah, at him. Yeah, and yeah. He basically gets thrown off the building. You know what was um in your guys bracket? Who was the final for live action? It was Thrawn versus was it Ahsoka? It was Thrawn versus Ezra? Thrawn yeah, versus Thrawn. Ezra. Um, Thrawn fought Bo Katan in the semifinals. Yeah, right, right, right. A very tight matchup, and we I had said whoever won that semifinals was gonna win the finals. I, I was gonna say it was almost the uh, if you look at your top ones, take Balin out of it. I was like, oh, Thrawn and Ahsoka as your guys top two that would make sense but no it was Ezra yeah I think Ezra would have been higher up on this board had he been in more episodes but what was he in three three yeah yeah I feel like when we get the eventual season two Ezra will start skyrocketing up this board again oh Oh, yeah yeah. for sure yeah and another thing I like about this show Nick mentioned earlier I'm gonna put play the clip now we had a lot of great evolution from Ahsoka herself so I'm gonna play this clip I think this is from episode five I want to say our recap of it we were talking about what happened with her character growth through the season. So like, like through that experience, the world between worlds. So here's what we had to say about Ahsoka's evolution. I do think it's important, Pete, that we talk about the change Ahsoka has had here, where before her mission was just, I'm going to stop Thrawn. Now she goes to, to Hera and says, I'm going to bring them back. And then obviously being referenced to Sabine and Ezra. So we see the evolution of Ahsoka realizing, Hey, it's, it's not just trying to rent a war. We're trying to like make life worth living. Yeah, I mean, I think Ahsoka's realizing all that. I mean, Nick and you guys have mentioned it before. Um, I think that this problem or this this mission was always dual-layered, right? Stop Thrawn, get Ezra. And I think Ahsoka was blinded and kind of just not wanting to think it's about Ezra. I think because she wanted to influence Sabine to understand, like, don't make stupid decisions because of Ezra. Obviously, that didn't work because we saw in the last episode that Sabine just hands over the map. Um, but I think now she's just open to the fact that people have feelings other than let's not have a war, not very stoic, right? So, um, yeah, that's pretty much all I gotta say about that. I think that Ahsoka didn't want anything to do with the Ezra part of the story or the the situation because she 
was under the impression that Anakin's legacy was her legacy and she didn't want any attachments. And that's why she pushed Sabine away, why she was missing. You see at the beginning of the story, Hera's nowhere to be found, or at least hasn't seen Ahsoka in a while. Not that Hera hasn't been found. Uh, uh, excuse me. Not that Hera hasn't been seen in a while. That Ahsoka hasn't been seen in a while. No one knows where Ahsoka's been. She stopped training Sabine. She hasn't seen Hera anymore. They don't even know where they've even tried looking for Ezra, it looks like, in some time. She doesn't want any attachments, and I think her training with Anakin has showed her that just because Anakin's attachments led to a dark path doesn't mean hers will. Uh, Nick, do your reaction to that? Yeah, I think you guys hit it on the head. I think uh, I just it's like I was saying before, I think Ahsoka's character... Um, like, in the animated shows, like you think, like, oh, Ahsoka has huge development which she does develop over time but you don't really get to like delve deep into her mindset too often um and this show you know like like you guys were saying it does a really good job of like where she is what she's trying to accomplish and i mean she's willing to sacrifice ezra for the greater good you know i and yeah i just i i think the show did a good job of giving you much more insight into ahsoka as like what's going on in her head yeah yeah i think that's a good place to leave us so here we've got some odds and ends we did throughout the year so uh nick d we just did the bracket for animation live action characters talk about this a little bit here thrawn ends up winning over as we did go the brackets uh shows i oh i thought the brackets were great yeah, yeah. I, I i filled out a bracket too i think you read mine on the on the show which i was like yeah i i, I was nervous honestly you guys were so high on Boba Fett. <laughs> I was like thinking to myself, I was like, oh man, is Boba Fett going to take this whole thing? Because uh, I was like, I don't think that counts. I don't know if Boba Fett really counts. I know he, technically he's he's animated to live action, but I was like, I don't know about that. Um, no, I thought the brackets were great because uh, the 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 fan involvement too. If you know, getting to vote on it weekly and then hear you guys talk about it, I thought the, that was a good segment. Uh, Nick Fred, you want to clarify for the audience here who ended up winning the people's bracket? Uh, so what do I say? Bo-Katan won? Yeah, we can go with that because it was it was a tie. It went to a tiebreaker, and the tiebreaker was Bo-Katan. It was based on our, our non-social uh, media voter. Yeah, we uh, ended up with a tie. It was pretty interesting. We had a good amount of votes for each of them, and this actually ended up being the same amount. So we had to go with a tiebreaker, and Bo-Katan won versus Chopper. Yeah. Very, yeah, and Chopper made a hell of a run in this people's bracket. I mean, he Chopper did. was he, a great character, yeah. Yeah, I, I think that the the audience who voted on Instagram was a little more concerned on a look than anything else, and then it's fair because we didn't explain ourselves in the Instagram comments. But I think people were looking at it like, who made the best transition? In other words, who looks exactly like they did in animation? And yeah, Chopper is your answer, of course. But I think we when we did to put this bracket out there, if you had listened to the episodes, we meant more than that. We meant the look, the character development, how they're portrayed in terms of the acting, how, how what kind of influence they left on Star Wars, stuff like that. And that's stuff that uh, I don't think people on the Instagram really knew about. Yeah. I, yeah, I think, I, oh, sorry. I think, I think Chopper also, um, like anytime Chopper was on the screen, it was like classic Chopper. And I think people love that, you know, like Chopper, obviously Chopper didn't have any character development, but every time Chopper was on the screen, you knew Chopper was going to do some, uh, other than killing people, he was going to do some chopper stuff. So I think that's why, that's why he was hired too. Yeah. Let's talk about like our episode we did, I think back in May, I want to say we did the, we did the critiquing the sequel movies and like what, like how we don't went wrong here. And I want to play a clip from it that went very, very viral on the internet. Nick's 
Nick Frey's explanation of why he had issues with the sequel trilogy. So I'm going to play that one here for us and get some reaction to that, too. You've taken your three characters, your legacy characters, and have said all of them are failures. Han, who gave up all his smuggling days to be a family man and finally settle down. Nope, they're divorced. He's a smuggler again. Leia, who was a failed politician throughout the movie. Luke was a failed Jedi in the movie. Like, you've taken all these characters and just said, no, they actually all sucked. This is who really matters. Here she is. Here she is. I hated that. I hated the fact that this movie... Obviously, the episode four stuff, I think everyone can say that, though, that it's very similar to four. But I hated that this movie is... It just defaults us back to where we were. So a big thing that I wanted to see when I saw the sequel trilogy was, oh, okay, now what happens after the Empire is gone? The Empire is gone, so now it's the good guys are in charge, right? We're, we're the Republic again, the New Republic. 45 minutes into the movie. Nope, not anymore. They're gone. It's Empire versus Rebellion again. We just finished that storyline. We're doing it again. And I, and, that's, and I think that a lot of the things that happened in this movie made it so there wasn't anything else that could have happened in 8 and 9. Nick Freya, like, what was the percentage on the internet who like, looked at that clip and agreed with you, you feel like? Oh, over, overwhelmingly positive. I, I really saw very, very few that were against. Yeah. Uh, Nick D, what do you think about that sentiment there that he had? I think that Nick is saying what we're all thinking. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, and it's I, that that one did go pretty viral. You know, I, obviously you see you scroll through the comments, you find some of the people that are like, uh, well, actually, but no, I mean, it's 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 true, you know, and it's uh, especially with the sequels, like the first one, I don't think anybody had an issue when the first one came out fully. Right. But like if, if you look at it as uh, as an entire package, yeah, just, I, I, I agree with Nick. Yeah, I my stance is the first one was a very was a fun movie. I enjoy watching. I do enjoy going back to check that one out again. But like the problems we were left with at the end of that movie sort of just go sideways, and then they sort of are kind of pulling stuff out of thin air to try and fix whatever went wrong in eight and nine, and that leads to a whole bunch of mess, a bunch of messes. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know if. Uh... I, I mean, well, we're not going to go into it now because this is the review show. But uh, yeah, I agree with that. There was issues, and I don't think they went about it the right way. Uh, last one, last, like random show I want to talk about before we get to the episode rankings here for the year. So, uh, in terms of the, uh, I'd say here, Nick D, did you enjoy the AMA episode? Yeah, yeah, I thought that was cool. I think that's definitely a good starting point for that format, and then eventually have more. Uh, maybe community questions involvement and, and other stuff like that. But yeah, no, I think, I think it's cool to, especially you, Mike, cause you're always kind of the moderator. So hearing you be asked the questions was a cool thought. Um, I'm, I just, I'm waiting for Pete's, uh, the thing that Pete's going to write. That's better than the, the twist in, 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 uh, Empire yeah, Strikes Back. You know? uh, I'm, I'm glad you, I'm glad you brought that up. Cause I do have that clip because that was also one that went pretty viral on the internet here. So oh, is, is that the clip? Okay. Yeah. So I have a clip here from, uh, Pete Considori explaining why he why his all-time Star Wars hot take. I think Empire Strikes Back, it's not the, the final, final scene, but the, the I'm your father scene, I think could have been done a little bit differently. Um, I know back when it came out, that was the big reveal, right? I mean, that was the, the, the biggest moment in sci-fi probably history at that point. Um, and, you know, there's other parts of that movie that make it a great movie, but I even said in our movie rankings that Empire Strikes Back, even though it's good, is not the top Star Wars film. 
Um, so I think if they did a little bit better writing and maybe did a different angle, yes, it's still Luke's father, but incorporated a little bit more than just like, hey, bro, I'm your dad. You know, I, I didn't kill your dad. I am your dad. Like, I just I feel like that could have been written a little bit better, make it a little bit more interesting. Um, so that's that's like I said, huge hot take. I'll probably get roasted to shit on the Internet for that. But uh, yeah, yeah. Let, let the let the record show that Pete, Pete Consadori could rewrite the most influential scene in the history of cinema it's, listen he said hot take he said hot take what's it, hotter it, than that yeah that one like Nick Frey had a great call, job calling that out also yeah uh, I, I, I couldn't let him get away with it Yeah, he, he did get roasted to shit for that also yes he did <laughs> You know, I've been a I've been a, a team Pete supporter since since he got robbed from the character draft during uh, Obi Wan. You know, I'm gonna make a hashtag Team Pete shirt, but um, I don't think I don't I, I don't think he's ever been more wrong in his entire life in that moment. That's I uh, that was that was I I remember I was listening to it in my car driving, and as soon as he said that, I was like, uh. <laughs> Uh, this isn't gonna go well for him. So, but I mean, it was a hot take. He 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 fulfilled the job, right? So yeah, uh, Nick Fry. Who? What? What did Pete get roasted worse for? That or hating the uh, what do you call the uh, hermit crabs in Ahsoka? Probably pretty equal, honestly. <laughs> pretty equal. Pete, yeah. Pete's gotten roasted quite a few times. Yeah, that's funny to think. Like one of the most like shocking moments in cinema history and hermit crabs and it was like pretty equal that seems a little but you know people, that's the internet people love those hermit crabs yeah sure. that, the hermit crab was just coming in it was just like every time i looked there was another comment and it was like what is this guy talking about <laughs> yeah so anyway let's get to now wrap up you're gonna do the best and worst stars episodes of the year so we'll go to the best here we have only three shows qualified for this because we did not rank the uh, visions ones by rating here so uh uh, Nick, you want to take a guess on the breakdown? How many episodes of which show ended up on the board here? So, uh, Nick, uh, right? Um, one of three shows. There's three shows: Ahsoka, Bad Batch, and okay. Mando. I, I went, I went ten deep. I think there's going to be three Ahsoka episodes on here, or two Ahsokas and one Mando. How many Bad Batch? You think? Oh, out of the ten, I think we're in the top three. Uh, out of ten. Oh, 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 oh! Out of ten, I'm going to say there are. F- Four Ahsoka, four, five Ahsoka, three Bando, two Bad Batch. Pretty close. So I'm going to go here and put that one up on the board here. So this is the best Star Wars episode according to us this year. Ahsoka is part five and part four tied for number one at ten even. Part five got the edge because Nick D gave it to it in the feedback. Yeah, pretty close. That's what I said. Yeah. Yeah. Ahsoka part one was third. The Bad Batch finale was fourth. Then we get a Mando episode. We get the Pirate chapter 21 with... uh, the Carl Weathers directed episode when uh, Mandalorians fight the pirates on Navarro. Ahsoka Part Two is six. We get a bad another bad bad episode. The mid season uh, like episode there, episode nine. The two part finale of Mando is tied for eight, and then Bad Bad's the Cody episode. Cody Crosshair is wrapping up the top ten here. So Nick Friday, thoughts on the on the list? I think the list makes perfect sense. It's pretty true. I, I the pirate remind me of the pirate. This Mando episode. Why was it so high? Uh, we like the action sequence, and we thought it was a very nicely, tightly contained story on Navarro with Mando and the pirate and the and the and Mandalorians going to rescue them and the pirate. Fights. Is that when Grogu got his little uh, IG droid? Uh, that was after that. Oh, okay. It was a fire that liberating Navarro. We just loved the action on that. 
Uh, I, yes, I remember now. It wasn't very good. Yeah. Uh, Nick D, I, I know you haven't seen the Bad Batch. Have any reaction to what we have here from the Ahsoka Mando side? No, I mean, I'm like looking at it. And yeah, I, I'm the Pirate 2. I, I was like, wait, which one was that one again? But that makes sense. So that was that was probably one of the higher moments of the show. Yeah, no, I I think, um, you know, like the first, I said it before, I think like the my, my only issue with Ahsoka was like the last couple of episodes, but this reflects that and yeah. No, I th- I I would say I agree with this list as a whole. All right, so that's the best list. Now the worst list here. So we went ten deep again here. Uh, Nick Freida, how many of your bad batch right. episodes? Six. I have no idea. You have to show us. I don't know. All right, so I'm gonna go ahead here and put uh, that one up here. Give me one second to pull it up here, and you actually were under on that one. Nine of the ten were bad batch episodes. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> 2.16. Yep. That was the one where they were Trevor hunting wow. in the cave was the was the worst episode of Star Wars we saw this year. Yeah, I actually remember looking I remember watching I actually vividly remember watching that one and thinking at the time, it's not that bad. And then when I was like, all right, well, did it really add anything? So actually never mind, I hate it. That's kind of what I said to myself. Yeah, I remember I was very I was in a like bad place mentally on this episode. I think I gave that one like a one. I remember I we watched that episode, I was pretty sure. And uh, well, I'll point out here, the one Mandalorian episode cracked the bottom 10 was uh, The Foundling, which was uh, the episode where uh, Paz was a flies into a dragon's mouth. Oh, yeah, that one. <laughs> so what do, you, what do you guys think with the Bad Batch? Was it just too many episodes? Or like, yeah, what, what, yeah like, we discussed was... this when you were on your sabbatical. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> we, I had said that I think this show is actually pretty good. But I think all of the seasons, season one and two, and let's say they plan to make four seasons. I have no idea. I think it can all be wrapped up in 12 to 15 to be 20 episodes. But for some reason, I, I guess it's just funny, I guess. But they have more episodes than they need to. And it turns out that after we really end up with like 70 episodes, only 15 of them matter. 20 of them matter. Yeah. So that's the problem is the good episodes are great, but the ones like this are just the snooze. And I think the Clone Wars would be rather similar and even Rebels, if we ranked it this way. But we didn't. We did it by season. Yeah. Yeah, so that's the... That's that's, we said five is average. We have four below average episodes, and two there, and three there are barely above average. So that's half your season. Just under half your season right there. Yeah. And I know that this was boring for live action. So live action purposes. I did top five here. Give me the split between Mando and Ahsoka and uh, Nick D. Uh, but live action as far as what? Worst. What oh, of the of the five episodes, how many are Mando? How many are Soka? In your opinion? Say, uh, and then there's five. Four Mando. Yeah, I'm gonna say four Mando, one Ahsoka. If I had to guess, that is correct. Yeah, Mandalorian chapter twenty, the fouling was the worst. Ahsoka's second last episode we had is the only one here. Then Mando, this is the Jack Black episode, guns for hire. And we had the premiere, the two episodes, seventeen and eighteen, we'll wrap out the bottom five here. So these are some very low grades for Mando. Yeah, they are, and I think it's right. I think it's pretty rightful. I think it's rightfully so. But looking back at them, they're not actually bad. Like seven and a half is not a bad rating. Yeah, I remember. It's a fine, it's a fine episode, but we've had some good quality. We've had some good contents here. If I remember correctly, on chapter eighteen, Nick, I think that like the three of us were high on. I think our guests like tanked the rating, which is why it's where it is. Interesting. Yeah. Go back and see who that was. I think it was Sandra Rose was on episode. She was not a big fan of it. Oh, I think I remember now. Okay. I think she, she gave it a five. I think we only gave it eight or something like that. Okay. 
It's just it's an indictment on Mando 3. That the four of its episodes, half its season, is ranked the worst Star Wars I've ever episodes of the year. Yeah, that's right. All right, and that's all we got here for this week. And uh, Nick Freya, next week we're going to start getting up ready because after Christmas we're going to come back and cover this holiday special documentary that came out on day of recording uh, like on several streaming services. So we're getting you in the move now. We're going to re-release our coverage from 2021 of the actual 1970 holiday special next week. Yeah, I'm very, very excited to watch the documentary on it. I'm not excited to ever watch that holiday special again, and I won't be. Yeah, we don't have to. And uh, Nick D, have you ever watched the holiday special? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've watched it. Yeah. Yeah. So for the audience who have not watched it, please don't. Just listen to our coverage next week. You'll, we'll save you a lot of uh, aggravation. Well, you know, I almost want to say watch it because it's like one of those things like, have you guys ever seen The Room, the movie The Room, where it's like, it's so bad that it's like, it's kind of great, you know? It's kind of like. Oh, uh, yeah. For the, I know exactly what you mean. And that's why I, I, I like watching it once. Was enough. It's okay, you know, it's 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 something you should do. But after that, no, thank you. Watch it once. Maybe make a drinking game out of it. Have some drinks with involved in it. Don't don't sit there and be like, this is cinema. Like, make have fun with it. I, that's, I a, that's what I would say. I have a free drinking game for anybody who's who's watching who's has to watch this thing between now and uh, two weeks from now. Anytime somebody breaks into a song, start drinking. <laughs> You can get pretty happy. Stop drinking until the song's over. Now you have to chug when the song when the song starts. Yeah. Yeah, so that's coming up here next week. We're gonna re-release that coverage before we get to our episode on the recap the documentary for us. Good coming up here. And uh Nick D, I want to thank you for coming on here. People want to follow you on social media, keep up with your uh streams. How can they do that? Uh Nick has lost his audio temporarily, but so he's working on oh, that. We know, we know what to say. Forum. It's the Recovery Room 90. Yeah, the Recovery Room 90. On, or there's no the. It's at Recovery Room 90 on Twitch. So you can check it out there. I'll put the link to it in the show notes. Nick is trying to fix his audio. So I think we've lost him there. But put Just the, for, for our sake, Nick, can you hear us? He can all right. Hear, he that's, can that's all we need to know. He can hear us. Yep, that's what's going on here. Uh, Nick Fred, one more time. How can people follow us on social media? At Sky Guys Podcast. It's on Instagram. It's on Twitter. It's on Threads. And it's on TikTok. Okay, you can also follow me on social media, MPHILIPS331. It's M-P-H-I-L-I-P-S-331. This week over on the Justin and the Friend Podcast, do some Mets talk here in the Mets offseason. Our, our friend Martino Puccio is coming on to talk Mets with me, so we're going to do that on the podcast there. And that's all for us. We'll be back next week to revisit the 1970 holiday special again. But up next, I enjoy, may the force be with you guys. So enjoy it. Mm-hmm.